When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Chicago. What do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings. Make sure you download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Wednesday. Make that March 1st. 3-1, as in Cleveland, blew a 3-1 series lead in the 2016 World Series. To People, who, Luke? The Chicago Cubs. Oh. And what happened that? What happened, Corey, when they blew that 3-1 lead? That would mean that the Cubs won the World oh, Series. Okay. The Cubs won the World yeah, Series. We you can confirm uh, that. Yes. Uh, what, is it, what, no, what does Brennan say? Yeah, correct. Correct, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep, 2016, the Cubs. Yes. <laughs> People forget that. People forget <laughs> that. Uh, so, hey to everybody in the chat. Thanks for waiting for us. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel for CHGO Sports. That way you don't miss any of our shows, any of our videos, all the good stuff that keeps going out there. It's the best way to interact during the live show. And we have a great crew that comes in every single day. We have the diehard showing up and in the chat. And if you are a podcast person, Spotify or whatever, make sure you hit the likes and the thumbs up and rate and review and all those good things. And we appreciate it. Cody Del Mendo. Corey Friedman, Ryan Herrera, Luke Stuckmeyer, we're all here. We have the Matt Mervis interview that Ryan did uh, out in Arizona coming up on today's podcast. So we're going to hear from Mash Mervis, who's moving up the prospect rankings, according to some. Maybe has a shot at making this team at some point this season, if not opening day, depending on who you ask. We'll hear that. We'll talk about that. And we've got some other fun stuff coming up on the podcast as well today. Um First, we want to talk about the injury a little bit to Seiya Suzuki. Yesterday, we had the news, moderate oblique strain. He's not going to play in the World Baseball Classic. And we said, well, who does this open the door for? If he's not ready for opening day, who would it open the door for? And we started going through some names. And then I watched, uh, I went back and kind of fast-forwarded through yesterday's game a little bit. And I didn't watch all of it, but two of the guys that, We've mentioned as having an opportunity to show something, stepped up yesterday. One was Nelson Velasquez, who had struggled so far early. He goes out and comes up with a two-run homer, goes two for two. And Brennan Davis was actually an at-bat that I saw live, a good at-bat against the Brewers, and he ripped a double into left field. And I'll just say this. When you see Brennan Davis, he looks like a baseball player. Yeah, he looks like They're, a big right? player. Forget all the other stuff. I, I know the expectations are high. We'll talk about where he is in the top 10 rankings uh, for the Cubs prospect list later in the show. When you see him, the eyeballs tell you that. It's like when people used to say, look at Michael Jordan. He looks 
like a basketball player should look. Like he's he's exactly what you want to see. Brendan Davis is pretty close to that as a baseball player. I look at him and say, that looks like a guy who could be really good at baseball. He was yesterday. I'm not saying he's making the opening day roster, but there's an opportunity for him to at least open <clears throat> some eyes. And, well, you look at it and you th- just think of the fact that there's a reason he was the number one prospect for, you know, as recently as, like, last season, before last season, right? He was the number one prospect, and he was still, even with missing most of last year, he may st- – I think he's still a hun- top 100 prospect, if I'm not mistaken, or he may have just, he's been in a just lot of slid off. Lists, yeah. Um, but, so, like, regardless of him missing most of an entire year of development, like, evaluators are still insanely high on him, and that comes from, um, you know – Obviously, the player that he's shown, but the look, the skills that he brings, and I, you know, it, it's it is tough to say like, oh, being injured for the year for an injury that at this point is a one-off, you know, thing. It mm-hmm. doesn't seem like a, a an injury that would reoccur. You know, knock on wood, obviously. Um, but it's it's tough to like knock a guy because he got hurt and missed a year, right? To 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 completely drop him off lists of of where he was ranked very highly before that so I think you still look at it as like they've things you know the the outcome has seemed good that was the best case scenario as far as back surgeries go when it happened it doesn't seem like it's affecting him anymore but have all these guys just have now passed him like that that's where I kind of like how have these guys passed him so quickly when he still, it seems like the same player he was before the back surgery. He has to prove mm. it still, but, like, there's nothing to say otherwise at this point. All I to needed me. to see was that video that our friend Scotty Chags from Marquee tweeted yesterday of him running the bases mm-hmm. after he hit the double. And he just he looked healthy. And to me, that's the number one thing from him. If he's healthy, sure. then I think he's going he's gonna to play like we, like we hoped and what we believed that he could do. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with you. I don't understand why he fell so far down on a lot of the rankings list. But, again, like I've said before, it's a rankings list. It doesn't really mean yeah. – it means something in, in some grand scheme, but it doesn't tell – it's not the be-all, tell-all. Because, Absolutely. I mean, how can, how, can, how can we say it is whenever no one knew who Christopher Morell was last year? Like, mm-hmm. some people knew who he was, but it wasn't like he was on any major radar – so when he when Brennan Davis was on that major radar, go, doing exactly what Matt Mervis did two years ago, going from single A all the way to triple A in one year, uh, yeah, and, and but also getting into that top one hundred and getting into the top twenty by the end of the year. I mean, yeah, you could clearly see the talent. He clearly looks like a guy who can be a, a guy, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, to me, it's health and him running the bases. Was great to watch. It's all. <laughs> I think it's all just seeing if he's healthy. Yeah. I think getting back to like <clears throat> your original question of like, if say a misses time, like does Brennan get that opportunity? I don't know. Like I, I think that they're going to because of the situation with last year and his health. I think their focus is going to be making sure he's healthy, and getting him back on whatever developmental timeline they wanted him on. Because, like, when we talked about it last year, we were thinking maybe, like, late in the season, just because he had some stuff he still needed to work through. He's a, he's a very talented player. If he is fully healthy, he is a top 100 prospect. He is a really talented young player that we should all be excited mm-hmm. about. But even going into last year, the feeling, at least when you talk to, like, minor league people or, like, through the organization, was they – he wasn't a, a finished product yet at the minor league level. So, like, my 
guess is that just because there might be some time in right field, I, I, I don't know that that means it, it's just going to go to him. Yeah. But if they feel like he's healthy, he has a hot spring, like, uh, you know, maybe, right? Like, yeah. maybe you speed I, that I, up. I agree. I, think, I do think that if you had the scenario of Velasquez and Brendan Davis both played well this <laughs> spring and say it wasn't ready but might be ready three weeks into the season, I think they would go Velasquez and push Brennan back. The one scenario that maybe we haven't considered with Brennan Davis is Cody and I questioned whether or not he was ready for the big leagues going into last season. You said right away, nope, not going to happen midseason, right? Was that because the Cubs were nowhere near being ready to win yet, like like compete, and they knew Mm -hmm. it, and they're like, we're not going to rush this guy, we don't want to do anything? Because if if that was the case, and he was close to being ready to coming up, but they were like, this isn't the right year, so why would we rush it? We might as well let him have another half a season at AAA. Well, it's a year later, and he lost that year, but if he's back to the same situation he was, and that was the situation, well, then maybe it's sooner rather than later. I just don't think opening day is an option. No. And I, I when I think about it, I'm like, would you rather have, and this goes for a lot of the prospects, especially at a time when, like, you th- I think back to Chris Bryant and how he didn't you know he didn't hit a home run or whatever for like his first however many games it was twenty something maybe even the first month or whatever he was I up. Like it was a good month yeah it was at least a month season. when he came up right yep. and it's also that you know that it's not does not a one size fit all thing but it's also like you're bringing up one of your top prospects putting a lot on him and also expecting him to acclimate to the major league you know the major leagues at a time when Chicago weather is as unpredictable mm-hmm. as it gets like April. In Chicago is you know, and even early May as unpredictable as it gets. So for Brennan Davis, I kind of look at it the same way. It's like you can, you don't need to have this guy on the opening day roster. He missed a lot of time. He still has less than 250 plate appearances at the AAA level. He could get a lot of those at AAA to start the year. Maybe bring him up, you know, if he's ready, late May, early June, and then you got summer. You're you're letting him learn the learn the major leagues and acclimate to it when the conditions are at their best that they get in Chicago versus April where especially if you're bringing him up to kind of take say Suzuki's place in right field to start you're like okay you're throwing him a first time major leaguer into one of the hard like, uh, April at Wrigley and, and right field is one of probably one of the hardest positions to learn yeah. in baseball I don't know that for sure but it, it, we know we know how hard oh. it could be so you're throwing him into a very weird situation to try to learn the major league game when again he doesn't even have 250 plate appearances at the big league level, like or at the at the AAA level, so that all just kind of goes into what Luke had just said is like a, opening day seems like a very unrealistic scenario for me when it comes to when Brendan Davis might crack the big leagues. Like if he surprises us and is that like that that few percent chance of him making the opening day roster actually comes true, then that's like you know all more power to him for sure. But the way I look at it now, it's like. And, and from what you know, the conversations I've had, it's like the, the the lean is to have him start at Triple A, prove he's healthy. You know, kind of maybe conquer it the way he didn't do it last season because of the injury. Um, and then, and then you know he he it shouldn't be too long before he's ready to come to the big leagues as long as he's healthy and playing well. But um, opening day just doesn't seem. I I just don't think right. like his situation is one that was is going to be dictated by opportunity like this right like if the Cubs felt he was ready to go and they wanted him to be their everyday center fielder like you know they probably don't sign Cody Bellinger or Cody Bellinger is Mm -hmm. DHing or playing first base they're not signing like I, I think his situation if they believe he's healthy 
they're going to treat like a top prospect and a guy that was ranked as their number one prospect, which is he's on hit Brennan's timeline. He is not either going to AAA or not because Saya may or may not be out for a few weeks. That's just I, I just don't see his situation being dictated by that. But I also understand there's going to be a lot of people who are going to say, look, he's in the big league lineup in camp now. You need somebody to play. Like, why not, right? Like, mm-hmm. eh, if they want to do that, fine. But I, I think that they're going to prioritize Brendan Davis being healthy and having a long, successful career as a Chicago Cub. And I, I don't think, like, this opportunity arising is going to really play too much into that. Yeah, Dub says less than 60 plate appearances at AAA. Sure, some guys skip AAA and just go right from AA, but it's not the ideal scenario for developing a young player. Mm-hmm. I will say, uh, Ryan, as a former uh, meteorologist, <laughs> uh, the weather does stink in Iowa early in the season, too. But, but I agree with everything else you <laughs> to said. Your point, Schwarber was, <laughs> to your point, Schwarber was one of those guys. Yeah. But at the time when the Cubs called him up, they were in it right. in July. Nico, too, right? Well, Nico was like Nico an emergency. Like a, uh, Nico was, was like a, a break glass in case of emergency. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. That was an emergency. They were in a playoff race. It's different than Correct the start of the season. Right. Kyle came up to DH on the road, right? Or am I misremembering? Yeah, I remember him. It was like he did do that Cleveland. at one yeah, point. I believe it was in Cleveland. The left field Cleveland. thing wasn't yeah. like a set. I don't think left field was set for him until like six. I got to like rethink my timeline. But yeah. I, I thought that was or did, either was way, it like though, Detroit he, or Cleveland. He came up to DH. Also older, played college and all that stuff too. But either way, like. Yeah, you're right. We've seen it before. Schwarber also top four pick in the MLB draft when the Cubs got him. And, uh, you know, he's been compared to Babe Ruth. Wasn't coming off of a major (laughs) Wasn't coming off a major injury, you know. Yeah, so uh, I would say for me the only way that I would want him on the opening day roster or starting opening day is if not only if Saya is out, but also if there is another injury Fingers crossed that not. We're knocking on all kinds of wood here. Um, I would, I, I, I just think injuries would have to pile up in the most uh, weird and yeah. uh, you know just gut riching way. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, Jeff, I, that's just friend, how friend I of feel. the program, Jeff Everson, uh, was Cleveland it. in 2015, which is funny because then a year later in Cleveland, Kyle DHs and they win the World Series. That's right. <laughs> People forget that. People forget um, that. No, but. and then I agree with what Cody's saying because when you look back with what Morrell did last year, right? Like he, I think 2021 he had had some games up in AAA, but he obviously started 2022 in AA again. Um, and the only reason he jumped AAA and went straight to the big leagues on Cody's birthday, the birthday of Delmetrics. That's right. Was because. What a day. Because of all the injuries they had. Because the, the injuries they were having or guys just even having a little tweak or whatever, they needed someone that they could just plug in around the baseball or on the field, right? That's why Morell came up because of all that. So what you're saying, Cody, is like that is sort of the worst-case scenario that Brendan Davis is up on opening day because of injuries. Mm-hmm. If he, if for, Again, for whatever reason, he just tears up spring and they're like, okay, we could start him on the big league roster opening day. Like whatever that percentage is, he, that comes true again. More power to him. But like, if he's up because they have, they need someone to play. Like then, then you're looking at a pretty bad scenario for the Cubs to start the year. Absolutely, yeah, he'd have to like lead the Cactus League in home runs type type yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, make, in my I, in my opinion. I, by the way, Connor uh, pointed out in the chat that this is his first YouTube. Usually a podcast yeah. guy. So welcome, Connor. 
Captain Tater Tot also uh, said that it was his first. Nice. I want to say so there's there's a few first time YouTubers. Here. Yeah, a few yeah. people in here right now that are hopping on into the into the chat for enjoying our yeah. beautiful faces. Yeah, uh, must love it. And you're getting a look of me without a hat on. Congratulations! Right. Every, I mean, how many? That's been like three days now, and everybody's like, "Did Cody get a something different about Cody? Yeah. <laughs> is he get when when is a hat coming back? Did he get new shoes? No, his hair looks different. I did get new shoes yesterday. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. They're not Jordans. They're actually they're Nike Air Force Ones. Oh, I had I had to feel better about <laughs> I, I had to feel better about the oblique injury. Yeah. So nice. I I bought some Air Force. Yeah. Ones. Okay. Sounds right. Uh, <laughs> speaking of injuries, uh, Gavin Lux, the torn ACL for the Dodgers, out for the season. He was going to replace Trey Turner at shortstop. So I ask you, do the Cubs, with their plethora of infielders, have anybody that might help the Dodgers and, you know, bring something back that might help the Cubs in a different way at a different time? There's no way all those guys are going to be around once the season starts in the organization. Somebody's going to be moved. So, well, David Bodie's had a pretty good spring so far. If you're, if you know, I'm not saying he'd be their starting yeah. shortstop, but yeah. they're going to need depth to get yeah. through the season. What about uh I feel like McKinstry is like the like the obvious one. I just when I Cuz he played for him or yeah. or Rios could go back and they could move yeah. guys around. I don't know. When I look at it it's kind of like they gave up on McKinstry pretty early in his Well, own I thought career. it was just because Madrigal. they didn't have a spot for him to Madrigal. play though. Well, I mean that was part of it, but it was, you know, they they traded him for a and, reliever. But, I, I, that okay, fair, but at the same time it's March 1st. And, you know, they, they let Trey Turner go and they let their, like, or not they didn't let, but their, their opening day shortstop, who's proven to be a very good major leaguer, tore his ACL and is out for the year. They're kind of like, I wouldn't say it's panic mode, but you, you got to do something. Like, you, unless they made a major trade with a team that might have a shortstop prospect ready to go or mm-hmm. something like that, like... I just like what, I are, what are you gonna do? I feel like you gotta you gotta fill that gap with something. I, yeah, I, I think maybe, and I, I don't think McKinstry will be their everyday shortstop. I'm just saying that they need a guy to go with another wish guy. That they Elvis have. Andrus was still available and hadn't signed that yeah, quick I mean, deal with the White Sox. Probably Simmons or VR might still be on the market. <laughs> That's what I'm I talking about. I haven't seen Esteban Quiros is still on the Cubs roster somewhere. I think like they maybe they call on some depth, but knowing yeah. them, they'll roll with Miguel Rojas and Chris Taylor, and one of them will. Be an MVP candidate somehow. Chris Taylor will just continue to be like the the next version of Ben Zobrist. Yeah, and I'm always been a guy. I don't don't know what their top prospect list looks like. Although is is I mean maybe this is the scenario where like the Cubs keep pumping this idea that Madrigal looks kind of good. That's right. Like maybe the dot. You know, saw another video. Can they convince somebody? Did you see him chucking it from third base over there? Corey's been asking all. Corey's been asking all winter, like, can he even get it past the pitcher's mound? He and he's proven to do it, Corey. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's yeah. No, hey, that is what I asked, and he is. He had some. He had I some said a throws. low bar. He is leaping over it. He's putting his whole yes. body into those throws, but he's yeah. doing it. So and like you mentioned, uh, Dustin saying in the chat too, Miguel Rojas. I'm saying they probably have guys to be the starters, but then they're going to need somebody to fill in. The depth pieces, and the Cubs certainly have a lot of infield depth right now that might be a trade partner yeah, down the line. You, or they I just mean, might pick somebody up off waivers. See and, if yeah. you can get some single-A prospect that touches 100 every now and again with no command and just, throw them in the pitch lab. The only reason I think that it kind of makes sense for the Cubs and them to like talk at all is just, again, for depth and just 
someone to fill in. I mean, they 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 lost their op- their starting shortstop, and the Cubs have all these infielders that aren't going to get as much playing time. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I don't. I guess it's a scenario. I just don't know if if that if those are the guys they come calling to fill those those holes. I mean, yeah. I don't know what's around the rest of the league, but the, there has to be guys that are at that kind of level or better that are also, you know, up for grabs, so yeah. to speak. Like, Ron says make a trade for Javi Baez. Well, that would be that would, that would yes. be, that would be quite the, a trade. The Dodgers might be able to get him to finally stop swinging at all those <laughs> bad pitches. That would be scary. I think we'll if Javi Baez went to the Dodgers, Javi that'd had be some scary. big hits in that stadium, so he might like. Yeah, him. Dodgers fans don't like him either. Yeah. They, they they'd find a way to like him though. Uh, did you see? Uh, actually, Sarah, I think you have it. We have Drew Smiley, yesterday's starter, talking about the pitch clock for the first time. You know, a lot of the minor league guys have seen it before; yeah. they know what to expect. But veteran guys like Smiley really had no idea what to expect. So this is what he said after his first Cactus League start with the pitch clock. Obviously, trying to adjust to the to the pitch clock. Um, that's way more of a of an adjustment than I thought it would be for me, to be honest with you. Uh, I feel like I'm a pretty fast pitcher. I thought I was, but I felt myself like definitely being rushed throughout those two innings. Um, so it's just an adjustment that everybody is going to have to figure it out. And just pitcher catcher, I think getting on the same page and like, like it, it felt hard to to get through like a sequence, you know, like if I was shaking Tucker a couple of times, like if you shake twice by the third time, it's like clocks at one, you got to pitch. Uh, that's going to be be an interesting thing. So, But I think I just – pitchers and catchers are just going to do a much better job, like, game planning before the start. So, you have everyone's on a, on a good page of what, what you might want to throw, you know, going into it. Two innings, two runs, five hits. Obviously, he was working through some stuff. I just don't think it's a big deal. Like, he's going to have multiple starts and side sessions to be able to now work on it for a month. Mm-hmm. In a month, I think you can get used to pitching faster. Even though you're a veteran guy and has been doing it for a long time, I think yeah. they'll be fine. Well, I know talking with some, you know, the pitching coaches, and they're they're doing it. They're not doing it every single second of every every pitch they throw, and and during their workouts, um, like there's some bullpen time where they're more focused on just working mm-hmm. on things than than getting used to the pitch clock. But like live BPs, they've been obviously running through that stuff, and um, so there's all those scenarios, and you know, not everything matches up to like a game scenario. Um, when things kind of, you know, that time kind of flies by maybe a little bit quicker, but um, there's going to be plenty of opportunity the next 30 days for these guys just to re- just to get re- really drilled in, like, how fast that pitch clock goes. I don't really remember if either of them were particularly slow workers at this point, like, just mm-hmm. on the yeah. clock. But I, I don't care about any of this, frankly. Whatever they want to do, it's uh, whatever. Uh, I would love to watch... John Lackey or John Lester get a violation for not <laughs> pitching quick enough. That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah. I want to see some of these, like, you know, yeah, angrier kind of, yeah. you know, yeah. Madison Bumgarner. I love Kyle Farnsworth body yeah. slam. You know, in, like a, in a big moment, like the umpire going, uh, you know, violation, yeah. and then, like, just staring him down. Well, That's and, what I want. And then we saw, like, Scherzer the other day where he struck a guy out in, like, 27 seconds. Like, he was working fast. But I'm like, there may be a time where he, you know, has had to slow or he had, you know, forgot how many disengagements he's had or whatever it is. And then they call him on something. I, you know, the Mad Max eyes 
digging I want, I want straight the into the umpire's soul. You know, like I, <laughs> I think I did say the other day. I think on Monday when we were talking about the just overall reaction to it, I think I said that I, I felt like the older vets were going to. It was going to take them longer to adjust because they are just kind of set in their ways, like old people are. Sorry, Luke. <laughs> How did I get brought into this whole thing? <laughs> because you're looking at me like, like I was thinking you say of it. <laughs> Jeremiah yesterday saying, "Get off my lawn." Luke was yeah. a fast get worker. Get off his when lawn. He was a pitcher. Oh yeah, <laughs> get the ball. Ball throw four. The ball. Ball, yeah. four. ball four. Ball four. Early esque. <laughs> yeah. Stuck my. I will yeah. say that Luke is one of the few like older people that I've uh, conver- conversed. <laughs> He's older than all three. El- of us. Elderly okay. was what he was. The word he was looking for. <laughs> but yeah, he's one of the few. Older generations than than us. Old that, heads is what he was going to okay. say. That yeah. have that has been very supportive of the pitch clock. Everything I've seen on social media from like older people, like they hate this. Yeah, the traditionalists. Yeah, not like me. Facebook. Not me, baby. Oh man, Cubs Facebook right now. They are in shambles. Yeah, an absolute shambles. Losers. Let's get this thing over in two <laughs> hours. We haven't got time for this. Two hours max. That's what I want. Uh, we're going to have the Matt Mervis interview coming up with Ryan here in the second segment in just a bit. But first, we want to tell you about baseball seasons here, and you can get your latest fantasy baseball news from RotoWire, a pioneer of fantasy sports for more than 25 years. Cheat sheets, custom player rankings to fit all leagues, rotisserie points, 10 category, 30 category. You'll, you can let their experts analyze all the wild baseball stats for you, especially if you're old like me. WRC+, plus, barrel rate, sleeper prospects, hard hit rate, etc. Mock drafts galore. Ask the expert function. Premium fantasy draft kits. Custom start, sit, add, drop, trade advice. Lineup optimizers. Access to fantasy, DFS, and sports betting articles. And not just baseball. Fantasy advice on everything from golf, soccer, NASCAR, XFL, dare I say. For a limited time, RotoWire is giving you a free two-day trial to our listeners here at CHGO. Just go to rotowire.com slash CHGO to register right now. No commitments. They're so confident that you're going to like their product and want to invest in a subscription plan. They don't even ask for a credit card up front. So take a sneak peek behind the paywall. When the trial is done, then you decide if a RotoWire package is right for you. I, I know I love fantasy sports. I don't know if you guys play fantasy sports, but I absolutely love fantasy sports. So that's going to be good. Roto-Wire. I, I don't do baseball usually, but if I'm <clears> going to do it this season, I'm 100% doing that because I need constant help. You need you someone know. to tell you what to do. That's right. He's going to be texting Brendan for, like, hey, they got barrel rate on here. Like, <laughs> you know, let me know. Well, they also... From my, from, from my understanding, Roto-Wire also does this for fantasy football as well. Mm-hmm. So... You know, you get it now and then have it for football season too. If you're if you're big on fantasy baseball, yep. as well. Uh, the only thing I've ever uh, disliked about fantasy baseball is that it's just it's not like fantasy football where it's just like one day, right? Well, that's like why that's baseball. why you need RotoWire. Yeah. I don't need yeah. I don't need it for fantasy football, right? I don't think. I mean, I haven't done well in my leagues the last couple of years, but so maybe I do. <laughs> but Spend it's them. because it's once a week. I can handle <laughs> the information coming in. When you're setting a lineup for every day, yeah. Well, that's a lot of information. You, mm-hmm. you need you need an assistant. Absolutely. I agree. Um, Might even help you with your gambling as well. Yeah. Corey, um, when when should we expect the first hot dog picture from Wrigley Field? Opening day. It, opening day, you'll be there? Yeah. yeah, as quick as I can get in there. <laughs> well, if you're looking to go out opening day and maybe enjoy a hot dog with Corey Friedman, you should buy your tickets with game time. 
GameTime is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. You ever dream of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? The 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert? It's possible with the GameTime app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Cubs tickets. Sean's around here summer is probably looking for White Sox tickets on game time. Bears play in the fall. Blackhawks, Bulls, Sky, Red Stars, Fire. Cody, you may be going out to the Big Ten tournament next next yeah, week. Yeah, Jake, Ooh. me and Jake, we were talking about going to the Big Ten tournament at the United Center next week. So uh, Game time. Game time. We were actually looking at tickets on game time. There you go. So, so game time is created by the fans, for the fans, guarantees the lowest price. If you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the Game Time link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Yeah. Very nice. Shane Four. says he can be the first fan into Wrigley on opening day. Book it. That is a challenge to you, Mr. Friedman. Yeah. I don't get there that early. <laughs> yeah. No. As early as it'll be too cold, like no way. Yeah. I'll stroll in at you know, one. one. Maybe. One. Okay. Yeah. One-ish. Fair enough. Let's still get a hot dog then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you want to go, you know, you don't want to get there right away. The onions need time to caramelize. Mm. You want them, like, nice and brown. True. You just hope that hot dog wasn't one left over from the seat. That's what scares me about opening day. Was the hot dog one that was left over and put in a fridge from last year? <laughs> no. I got, you You, you got to go to the stand. Uh, there's, there's two women who were running the stand uh, above on those stairs at Gallagher Way. If you walk mm. down the third baseline, you make the left, mm-hmm. go out to Gallagher yeah. Way. On the left side of that little patio, best hot dog in the, the stadium. Spot. Yep. Okay. Inside baseball for you. Inside, inside place Wrigley. To go. It's not the only place to go to get the grilled onions and everything, but they do it, they do it the best. Ask they for right. Karen or Shirley. One of those two right. is the hot dog person. Okay. Mention me by name, they'll know. No, they yeah. won't. They will not. But <laughs> give them code uh, code Corey. Yeah, code <laughs> for code fresh Corey. caramelized Discount onions. Twenty percent off. <laughs> All right. So Ryan ha- uh, got a bunch of great interviews in Arizona. Uh, we've been holding some of them, and today we're showing you the Matt Mervis in- interview. You know, Monday he was zero for three with three strikeouts, and I thought to myself, "Well, this is why." Small sample size, overreaction, but that's what I thought to myself. This is why people are saying, don't rush him opening day. This is why you have Hosmer, Mancini, other options at first until he's ready. Yesterday, one for two, run scored, one strikeout against the Brewers. So he has been, you know, I like the way he responded to an 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. That said, we're taking Ryan back to the days when he was in beautiful, sunny Arizona. Here he is with Cubs prospect Matt Mervis. It's Ryan Herrera of CHGO. We're in Mesa, Arizona, and today I'm joined by Cubs first base prospect, Matt Mervis. Matt, how's it going today? It's going well. Nice day out. It's cold the last couple days and windy, so got some sunlight and good day to hit today. Uh, how so far has spring training gone for you? I know it's been, you know, this is the end of the first week of spring training. I know you've been here for a little bit longer. How has it gone so far for you? It's been fun. Uh, I've gotten a lot of live at-bats, a lot of game-like reps against pitchers, so um, that's all I can ask for to, to get ready for games starting tomorrow and done some good defensive work with the coaches. Um, starting to get more into a team setting today, so everything's going well. One of the things that that's happening is you'll be leaving camp actually to go play for Team Israel. 
number one, do you know when you are leaving camp? And number two, uh, just what does that mean for you? Why did you want to play for Team Israel in the World Baseball Classic? Yeah, I'll be leaving March 6th. Um, we have exhibition games in Jupiter, and then we're heading down to Miami, I think, on the 10th or on the 10th. Um, and my grandmother grew up in, in Israel, and um, a lot of my extended family still lives there. So it's just a, a badge of honor to, to represent her and to play for her country. So what has it taken, I guess, or the, the balance between obviously getting ready for the season here in spring training, but also knowing that you're going to leave here in a week and a half or so uh, and be gone for what could be a couple weeks now? What, what is that balance like for you? That's why I got out here a couple weeks early. Um, I wanted to get used to the, the weather and the time change and, and get acclimated in the locker room with the coaching staff and, and some of the big league guys that I haven't met yet. So um, it'll definitely be a, a balance. But I know there are a few other guys that have had some big league time and are also playing in the World Baseball Classic. So I'll look to them and, and see how they're going about their business and how they're balancing their days with you know, preparing for not only spring training games, but also games that have a little bit more on the line and this is your first big league spring training uh, I assume um, you know what has it been like for you being around a lot of these guys veteran guys guys the Cubs are bringing in uh, just getting to pick their brains and learn from them and watch them it's been great um, you know you look at a couple of the the corner infielders that we just brought in Hosmer Mancini and, and Rios who all have a lot of big league time um, Hosmer obviously is is He's had a very successful career. He's won a World Series. He's won a couple gold gloves. Um, Left-handed hitting first baseman. So uh, there's plenty I can learn from him and just watch how he goes about his business and how he's sustained such a successful career. And I want to take it back to, so you had the, the weird draft, right? The, the, the five-round draft weren't drafted. What was it about the Cubs when they came calling? I, I think Jed had said maybe a couple minutes or even a few seconds after the draft ended, they were on the phone with you. What was it about the Cubs that drew you and wanted, you, made you want to sign with them? I just have some history with the Cubs. Um, even going back to high school, the scout that signed me after the draft was Billy Swope. Um, but in high school, I had talked to Billy. had played for the Cubs in East Coast Pro. Um, and then in college, Billy was the, still my area scout in the, in the Mid-Atlantic. Um, played for Mike Roberts in 2019, who was a rover at the time with the Cubs. Um, yeah, I, I talked to Justin Stone, the, the hitting director, a bunch leading up to the draft and throughout that process. So it just it kind of felt like I already knew some people in the organization. Stoney let out a good plan for how we would attack the, my hitting development if I signed with the Cubs. So I kind of had, I don't know, there, there, he said there was some low-hanging fruit that we could attack right away. So I had a good plan okay. right away to hit, hit the ground running with the Cubs. And so going that, that 21, yeah, 2021 season uh, didn't go the way you wanted it to, but then the 2022 season obviously did. What was it that, did something click that off season or early in the season? Like what was it that kind of helped you make that jump? And obviously you went through three levels, so you, you did make a jump. What, what is it that clicked or what changes did you make that helped you kind of make that jump? A lot of it was mental. Um, I did a lot of work on that in the off season, just trying to get out of my own head stop being so mechanical when I was hitting and, and just let my, my physical ability take over. Uh, and then I took a swing early in the year at Fort Wayne and it just kind of, it was like a familiar swing. Like that's how I'm supposed to be hitting. And it wasn't anything that I had felt in 2021. So um, every day after that, it was just trying to get back to that feeling. And, and my early work was dedicated to, um, you know, feeling good before the game so that when I did get into the game, I didn't think about mechanics at all. And 
your experience of going from each level, high A, double A, triple A, uh, what were some of the challenges of doing that and going to you know, higher and higher levels, facing better and better competition? Yeah, I mean, the talent just gets better. Um, the guys in double A just have better stuff than the guys in high A. Um, everything's a little bit sharper. They, they, command, they, they command their off speeds a little bit better. Um, and then triple A, the scattering reports are good. There's a lot of guys with big league time who really know how to pitch and how to attack a hitter's weaknesses rather than just pitch their own strengths. So um, just kind of adapting and, and learning how guys are going to get me out rather than just knowing what the pitcher's best pitch is and, and trusting that he's going to go to that. So now going into the 2023 season, uh, obviously the roster looks different now than it did even at the end, you know, early in October when the season ended. What have, you know, either the front office or the coaching staff, what have they kind of laid out for you or what have they said is sort of the opportunity in front of you? Yeah, they just said go out and compete. Um, it's spring training. There are plenty of guys here that I can learn from. And, yeah, I mean, go play hard. And, and I don't dig into that stuff. I, it's None of the decisions are going to be made by me. So all I can do is go out and play hard and, and try to earn a spot whenever it comes. So in that sense, what are you hoping to accomplish, you know, between now and the beginning of the regular season or beginning, you know, between now and the beginning of the regular season or when the regular season starts? Like, What are kind of your goals early on for the season? I don't set goals. I don't like goals. I don't like chasing numbers or, or trying to achieve certain things because say I don't hit a home run for the first two weeks of the season, I don't want to panic and, and try to hit home runs and, and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, my goal is just go pretty much have a good game every day. What I, I wake up every day and just try to play well, whether it's offensively, defensively, base running, do something to help an infielder or a pitcher out, um, just along those lines. I have a couple more for you. Number one, you were in you were at Wrigley Field. You were in Chicago towards the end of the season, that minor league camp. One, how did that go? How what was that experience like being at Wrigley with a lot of the you know top prospects in the system? That was really cool. Um, we saw the last three home games, and yeah, the Cubs were were out of the playoffs, and the stadium was still packed. The environment was great. Um, they gave Jason Hayward a, a nice ovation and, and thanked him for everything he's done for the organization. So it was really cool to experience that and see how interactive the fans are um, and then yeah just hanging out with a lot of the guys that I played with throughout the season just getting to see everybody again um, in a much more relaxed environment instead of uh, you know the long straining season so it was fun it was a great time and, and we even got some end of the year meetings out of the way there instead of in the offices here or, or on zoom so it was cool and very quickly what was your favorite part about Chicago the food Food? Any specific? Um, we went to Abba one night. Good Mediterranean food. The Israeli background. Okay. I was I was very happy there. <laughs> All right, Matt. Thank you for joining us today for CHGO Cubs. I'm Ryan Herrera signing out. All right, good stuff with Matt Mervis. Uh, we'll break it all down in a couple minutes. We'll talk more about that. We'll talk about the prospect rankings that he's moving up <clears> in <throat> for MLB Pipeline just this morning. But first, Cody, I want to know about your DraftKings pick of the week. Mm. Grandpa Stucky, I can't believe you asked. I mean, coming off the night that I had, I mean, I can't believe anyone would want anything from me. But, you know, <laughs> bad nights mean you just got to keep trying. So tonight I'm taking the over in Providence and Xavier. Uh, over 154.5. Both teams play fast. Both teams like to score points. Both teams a little uh, – they're, they're – they're, at the top of the Big East, they like to score, and it's going to be a real competitive one. So, I uh, yeah, give me the over. 
We're rooting for points tonight. Providence, Xavier. Let's ride. My Mizzou pick of the week is Mizzou minus four at LSU tonight at 8 p.m. I would take it as well. I haven't given one in a while. LSU is awful. They are straight ass. Last week, though, I I bet on Vanderbilt to beat them in a parlay. LSU had lost 14 straight games, and that just happened to be the game that LSU won. So well, I'm staying due. away from any freaking LSU game. That was brutal. <laughs> this is just brutal. I was so mad. I've cool. never been more mad at teenagers than that. <laughs> Corey, do you have a Michigan uh, pick you'd like to make or no? Michigan plays Illinois on Thursday. So. Mm. No. What do you Michigan, say? Michigan money line. <laughs> hey, Corey, what do you say? Michigan, Illinois. I, I don't know. Michigan's <laughs> all over the place, man. I'm, I'm out of my... Uh, I'm a front runner, you know. When <laughs> yeah. Michigan's ranked like top five in football, I'm the biggest Michigan football fan you ever met. But <laughs> really right is. now, I'm like, I, no, I don't know. We you know, we whatever. Were, like, we were me and Corey were at uh, one of the bars in Wrigley during the college football season, uh, and we were there mainly to watch Illinois. But they had the Michigan game on too. They were playing like Penn State that day, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I'm like sitting there watching Illinois, sweating it out because Illinois football team was good for the first time in like. I don't know, 10 years, and Michigan's just steamrolling Penn State and just like, yeah, diehard Michigan fan, always been here, best team in the Big Ten, let's ride. And then I remember (laughs) texting him after uh, they lost to TCU, and he Mm -hmm. was like, I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> I was never a right. fan. Oh, that's right. right. Corey, block him. That's how block everything is. Look, I, I've earned the right to waver uh, going to school there for four years and having them break my heart. Every you know, five or so years, they get to some kind of national championship game, either in basketball or football. I travel across the country. They lose. And, you know. Yeah. Fair enough. That so. is fair enough. Um the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve save money and energy. ComEd offers free facility assessments uh, that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether it's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. They can be done in person or virtually, last about two hours, then within three to four weeks, customers get a report detailing energy efficiency projects they can start working on right away. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. Don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy saving tips to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. If you're ready to sign up for that facility assessment, you can also call them at 1-855-433-2700 during normal business hours. And you can speak to a ComEd Energy Efficiency Program representative. You can also email businessee at comed.com or mm-hmm. request an assessment online uh, on their website, comed.com slash facility assessment. I see a lot of CHGO gear here. We've got uh, some obvious shirts. A lot of great opportunities for stuff. Foco's another one. Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite team, so get fitted out in this best sports gear around. Foco's got you covered from Soldier Field to the living room, north side, south side, hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. Get decked out like Damar with apparel from the leader in sports merchant collectibles, Foco. Looking for that perfect gift for the football fan in your life? Foco's got you covered. Hoodies for the Lake Michigan Breeze. 
Maybe it's another hoodie for uh, Cubs opening day if you're afraid to go to the ballpark early like Corey Friedman. <laughs> afraid. <laughs> Check out foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. They've got great bobbleheads, so if you want to work on that bobblehead collection, it's another great place to do it. Foco I really good wish- for me because on that same point, you want like the bobbleheads at the stadium. Yeah. You got to get there before they even open the gates. People are lined up. They only give out, mm-hmm. I think, 10,000 of them. So, like, on a packed summer night, no chance am I getting one of those. So That's why we're happy to have Ryan because in. he's the reason we got the Nico one. Mm-hmm. Right there. Right on the set today. Right. right is right there. You're welcome. Very I, nice. I, see, I, bring, I bring something to this show. Yeah. I bring something to this company. Speaking of yeah. FOCO, though, I really wish I had just went ahead and spent the money on the Matt Schwarmer bobblehead. Oh, yeah? Because Ooh, he just signed. He just signed with the Braves. Yeah. And I'm just he's just a forever Cubs legend now, and I just feel like he would be perfect on the set. That way, when we're still doing the show in, like, five years, people would see him and be like, who is that guy? And he's like, yeah. you don't know who the Schwarm Dog is? Like, yeah. That guy, <laughs> that guy had the best the Hall of Fame. any pitcher I've ever seen. CHGO bobble, <laughs> Bobblehead <laughs> Hall of Fame. We could have a little glass case of We could have got it from Foco and, uh, you know. We blew an might, opportunity. You might we still blew, be able to get it. Might still be able to. Uh, well, Ryan also <laughs> brought us that great interview with Matt Mervis, super prospect for the Cubs, hoping to make the roster. May or may not happen, but MLB Pipeline just this morning putting out their new prospect rankings. We Again, we say this. It's just a list, but this is a good one. These are the top 10 Cubs prospects now, and you see some names kind of moving around. It's always Pete Crow Armstrong, Kevin Alcantara, Brennan Davis in some order or fashion, but that's usually the way it's been. Uh, Alcantara played yesterday as well, um, and so it goes Armstrong, Alcantara, Davis, Horton, Wesneski, and there you see Matt Mervis now up to number seven on that list mm-hmm. after his great Season last year, uh, Ben Brown pitched yesterday. Jackson Ferris, uh, former number one pick, Christian Hernandez. Uh, we've seen him. He joined Twitter about two <laughs> weeks did, ago. Yeah. So that that'll move you up a prospect list. <laughs> joining Twitter a little bit. Anyways, uh, Matt Mervis, what do you think? What do you think is best case scenario for Matt Mervis this season? I say, or I think that. You know, before they signed Mancini, I was all about Mervis making the opening day roster just because they needed they, someone. They had they needed someone. They had <laughs> signed Hosmer, who they got because he was literally the league minimum, and the Padres and the Red Sox were paying him to not play for him. That's how bad he was. So, you know, to pick up Hosmer, and then I thought they weren't going to get Mancini either. I was just like, all right, we got to give Mervis the, shan- the chance here because this ain't going to go well if, if it's if it's Hosmer every single day for however long they decide. But now that Mancini is here, um, and also Bellinger can play some first as well if they absolutely needed him to, if they you know wanted to get a different guy in the lineup to play center or right field, especially now that Saya is out. Um, I think Mervis should at least be down there the month of April and then bring him up when it gets a little bit warmer. Um to me, honestly, like I know he doesn't have as many at bats at AAA as he did the other levels, but um, he was good at the Arizona Fall League too. To me, he doesn't have much to prove. There's there's nothing else left for him to prove, in my opinion. He's had some good at bats here in the spring, however much you want to put into that. Um, but obviously, they went and got those guys for a reason. I think Ryan, you said that when we were off air, uh, when we were just kind of chatting it up on Monday, 
And that, I think that's a good point. Like the Cubs obviously want to see more seasoning for him down mm-hmm. in the in the minors before giving him that opportunity. So I know people want to see him. I want to see him. Believe me, I want I want the the replacement of Anthony Rizzo as 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 much as anyone else, man. Um, but at that said, I just we can't rush. We can't rush the guy, and. Uh, yeah, I I would say early May would be my my guess or like what I would like to see if there's no injuries or anything like that. I when I look at it, he's kind of in the same boat as Brennan Davis to me. Just he doesn't need to be up on opening day. Um, it, it, it's another tough again tough time to acclimate to the big league to the big leagues in general, but definitely at Wrigley Field, not easy. Um, and yeah, they I mean they went out and signed Eric Hosmer and Trey Mancini during the winter. And then they had, you know, they went and signed Edwin Rios at the beginning of camp. Like, uh, one of the last few days I was down there, they did infield, outfield, and they had Mancini, Hosmer, and Edwin Rios all at first base. taking first. So Edwin Rios is a guy that could potentially, in a pinch, play first base for them. Um, it's just another point to me that shows that, not that they don't believe in Matt Mervis, but they're not looking to just bring him to the big leagues as soon as possible. Like, let him – and I love talking about the interview itself, just kind of the mentality he shows. He's like, he's like, I don't want to put pressure on myself, one, to make the big leagues, but to have some crazy opening to the year where I'm trying to hit home runs and I, mm-hmm. you know, my focus is – like, the way he talks about it, it's like, I'm glad he sees it that way, you know, at least talking to me, sees it the way that he doesn't need to go out and, and try to prove himself on the first day of the season or even the first day of spring training, right? Like, he just – He's going to go out, do his thing, and let the chips fall how they may. Because if he's playing well and proving that, you know what, I do not need to be a AAA anymore, I am ready for the big league. If he's playing well and does it himself, well, then the Cubs, you know, he forces the Cubs' hand at that point. Like, he forces the Cubs, like, hey, maybe this guy just needs to be in the big leagues now, right? Yeah. So he, he could force the Cubs' hand in that way, um, but he just has to have the mentality that whatever they do, wherever they start him off at, he's just going to go out and be try to be the best player he can be. And so I like – I like that mentality from him where he's not gonna he's not gonna push, right? Like he, he's obviously gonna try to be the best he can be, but he's not gonna push to try to make that opening day roster or to hit you know ten home runs by the time Cactus League ends, right? He's just gonna go think, out go out and play. I think it's 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 a good comp to Brendan Davis. They're obviously very different prospects and the timing and everything is different, but I think it's a similar thing where you don't want like necessity on the MLB roster to be dictating how you're evaluating someone like this and moving their trajectory, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it'll be an interesting conversation if one of Mancini or Hosmer isn't doing well, um, you know, or maybe ends up in a position where they're not particularly playable, right? Which is, you know, possible with veterans, like, that have had interesting career trajectories. And Mervis is tearing it up. Do you say, okay, yeah, now is the time, et cetera? Um, but you know, like Cody said, I mean, he's proven it at every level. He shot up, went to every level, kept doing his thing, kept homering, he's taking some walks in these spring games. Like he just looks really good. Um, but <clears throat> at the same time, he's twenty four. Like he doesn't have a ton of professional experience. I don't think there's anything wrong with you know saying like, look, we want to keep seeing this, keep letting mm-hmm. him develop, keep letting him get comfortable. Uh, and at the moment right now, there, you know, you've made moves that there's not a pressing need anymore at this position. If the Cubs are in it in June or July and Eric Hosmer is just grounding into double plays every day, right, which is a possibility, 
do you change course and and switch things? Maybe that's a that's a different conversation. But I I I think like everybody else, I'd love to see him. I'm excited about him. I think patience is fine. I also will say that as we heard in the video, he's leaving March sixth, which is Monday. So he's only got a few days left in Cubs camp, and you know, going out and facing all big league caliber pitching, like some of the best big league pitching you can you can find um, throughout that tournament, will be very good experience for him. It's just as far as facing big, like very top tier big league pitching, the best he can get. Yeah, right. The best. It's better than what you'll face in like a spring training game for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Every game that he plays in that tournament will be, if not. If not, definitely better. Like at least as good as what he'd be facing in a regular Cactus League game. So, as far as getting the experience against big league pitchers like that, this is best case scenario for him. But he is also just he's leaving camp, and what could be you know, upwards of a couple weeks that he's not going to be with the Cubs staff, and and that's why he got down there early and was working and has been in big league camp early just to you know make up for some of that lost time. But it is time that he's not sitting there under the under the eye of all the coaches. So that maybe also affects it a little bit, and. Say he struggles in the WBC, like what does that do as far as like okay, we've seen this guy against against actual big league pitching, maybe he's not as ready as as he seems to be. You know that that's that's a scenario that could happen for sure. And I, they are the best pitchers that he's facing ever, but those are major league pitchers, right? That's, I also that's what he'd be to uh, I think Garrett's point in the chat while we're on here now, the Cubs have started up against the Mariners, and since we were looking at that prospect list. I think it's fun to note that Hayden Wisniewski started this game yeah. today mm-hmm. against the Mariners. Uh, clean inning with two strikeouts. Started Swagger. the game by striking out Julio Rodriguez. So, Swagger. So there you go. Good way he, to start. There's a guy saying, uh, oh, you think Sampson's the fifth starter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got something to say about yeah. it. Yeah. He heard, he heard our interview with Dan Plesak. He heard what he was <laughs> he saying about it. Adrian Sampson. He's, He's heard like, everything I, don't I think said. So. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. That's exciting that uh, he did that. I mean... He is, I think Wesneski is like the biggest wild card for this team that could impact the wins, the wins and losses. I, it might, might have been you while you were down there, Ryan, uh, but I saw a video of one of his breaking pitches from that kind of behind the, the cage view in Mesa. Just, I mean, it's just filthy. I mean, the it way is. the ball moves out of his hand is just filthy. And you see it in the chat a little bit. Like, I think the exciting thing about where the Cubs prospect lists are now you know, PCA's kind of moved himself up into that blue chip. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's extremely rare you get a prospect like Chris Bryant, right, who is up there from day one, and he just checks every box mm-hmm. as he goes along, including at the major league level, right? So, I, you know, I don't think PCA is at that level where you're, like, expecting that, but he's, you know, moving himself into that trajectory. But the exciting thing about that list, the pipeline list, is, like, it's such a diverse mix of, types of players right and types of prospects you have really exciting hitters who are young and have just massive ceilings pca christian hernandez who is at number 10 very young but you look at him and you're just like this guy's swing is beautiful like he's just such a talented athlete then <laughs> you have a guy on the list i know right yeah. like because he joined twitter uh <laughs> you have a guy like um hayden wisniewski who has mlb experience now but is behind a guy like Cade Horton, who they just drafted and has no professional experience, but a lot of potential. You look at someone like Jordan Wicks, who has no MLB experience, but I think a lot of the prospect guys would say is maybe the most like MLB ready of the the prospect pitchers just because of 
the the pitch mix he has, how he pitched, um, went to Kansas State, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Kansas State. State. Um, just kind of has that, like he just kind of needs time, but the repertoire is all there to be a not overpowering MLB pitcher, but successful and a guy that can get out. So I just think it's an exciting list because there's just a lot of different. There's some, you know, slightly older guys. There's some really young guys. There's power pitchers. There's workhorse type pitchers. It's just, it's, there's a lot of different types of potential on that list. I like where they came from. Show the list one more time, Sarah. When you see the top five prospects that MLB Pipeline is saying, think of this. Pete Crow Armstrong, Javi trade. Kevin Alcantara, Rizzo trade. Yep. Hayden Wesneski, Efros trade. Three of the top five guys are from trades that a lot of fans weren't too happy about. But yeah. now you see that there's a mixture of three of the five top five are trades that just recently happened, and then there's two draft pick guys. And then you go to the other side, and it's, a, it's another mixture of the same thing where you start to see the draft picks are guys that are starting to develop. I like seeing the draft pick guys, but I'm glad that people are recognizing that the players the Cubs got back – while many people said that return's not good enough, we're not getting somebody. No, they are starting to show yeah. up now, and they're showing up in the Cubs' well, top five prospects. Well, the guy, the well, guy they got for I, a rental of Javi Baez, is, I think he's a twenty. According to MLB one, Pipeline, he's a top twenty prospect, right, one of the, the best majors. prospects in baseball. He's, he's a, a great evaluation one. by Cubs yeah. scouting and player development. All of that, like it's it's insane to me when people talk about. I read it on social media all the time when people talk about how the Cubs are they have this inability of evaluating talent and stuff. I, I read it at least once a day. It blows my mind because the farm system, you just look at it and you're like, well, they got like some of their best ranked prospects they got in trades and their number one draft picks that they've taken the last few years are in the top 10. So like explain that, explain to me like I'm five years old then if you think that. And you mentioned the trades, Luke. Well, Canario is number 11 and Killian moved down to 18 because he lost his command. But well, he looked good yeah. a few days yes. ago. I know it's just one game, well, but I mean, like there's a lot of, there's so much upside. If Canario hadn't there. gotten, I mean, that was an awful injury, multiple injuries mm, at one yeah. time. I mean, I, I'm not sure where he would be on this list, but he's not back on the field. He's by not the on the way, field. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Uh, he Social would, media stuff. He would be. He would have been an automatic, I think. To I think he would have the play right field. Yeah, he yeah. would have got the first opportunity. I think, I, or at least sure. been yeah. in that mix because yeah. he's one of those guys you just bring up and let him swing away yeah. and see if right. he just hits and, some and bombs he's on the forty man. For so month. I feel like that's a big part in how yeah. how he could have got that first option. Yeah. yeah, you know, we talked about Mervis hitting thirty plus bombs last year. Canario did too. Like he he had earned every opportunity to be on the major league team last year as well. Uh, Jeff, Jeff is correct. Yeah, people on Cody, Twitter do say Cody a lot of makes dumb a good stuff. point that people on Twitter say. Um, yes. No, I when I saw this <laughs> list and um, it, it is still like crazy how high they are on guys like Kate Horton and Jackson Ferris, who they didn't they didn't like rush into rookie ball or whatever it was last year. Like they drafted them. I remember you know getting to meet Horton and, and Ferris at Wrigley towards the end of the year. They brought them around, showed them the facilities. Like those are their two top picks from this last year's draft they didn't have them join any of those uh, short season leagues um and and they these guys you know the evaluators who you know a pipeline are very good at what they do they are very high on those two guys who again have not pitched for the cubs as far as rookie ball goes so you look at just the evaluators and what they see and yes prospects always you know don't pan out or don't like that happens all the time um you love the potential though yeah say you love the potential and you feel good about like 
okay, if the evaluators are saying good things about what the Cubs did in these drafts, then maybe you should start feeling a little bit better about what the Cubs did too. And to top it off, the article that MLB.com put out about the release of the top 30, like the new ranking, the headline was, the Cubs farm is as strong as it's been since 2015. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Explain it to me like I'm five years old, people. March 1st, <laughs> hope springs eternal. That's what we got. We got yeah. hope is back. Opening hope day is almost back. here. We got four weeks to go. Yeah. Cubs baseball is almost back. And five with us. Cactus, yeah, five. We're just trying to cope through that. Say injury news, really? We're, yeah, yeah, a lot of this it. conversation was a lot of coping. Yeah, <laughs> just a, a big bummer. But I love the play-by-play play from the chat. You should be focusing Ronda. on our podcast. I'm kidding. <laughs> Those games uh, don't even count. They have the game <laughs> on Meanwhile, let me tell it, you about Hayden Wisniewski striking. Multitask. They have it on muted multitask. on one screen and then listen to us. Yeah, talks. definitely. That, cool. That's the way I think of it. Corey, are you going to do our our introductions? Before we let you, before we leave, are you going to, what Jeremiah did? Oh, you yeah. want me to try you to one-up Jeremiah? I, I don't think no, so. No, you don't I mean, want I to? I don't think I should try. Okay. I think it's probably um, wise. Just, it seems like a good just, idea. I just wanted to ask just in case. Yeah, I, well, when I was listening to that interview yesterday, like, Luke brought it up, I think, right at the beginning. Like, I can't believe he's been doing this for a few years now. Like, I remember, <laughs> it's like. third season. I know, it's like, it's, it's wild that it's been that long. Um, yeah. So, No. Nah, okay. gonna pass. <laughs> gonna pass. Gonna, Maybe next week. It's a no for him. Darling. I when I tried to I tried to read the uh, the Stroman tweet about um, <laughs> the Sanker. The Sanker. Be I, be I, I didn't. I didn't like that. I'm. I'm not doing any more projecting Sliders gonna or be anything sliding. like that. Yeah. <laughs> when he when he read that quote, it was one of the more funnier moments oh, in this podcast history. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top rated sports book. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Thanks for watching. We'll see you back here on Thursday at 120 for another live show. Until then, fly the W.